Today I'll be reading passages from Proverbs. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. There is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. A tranquil heart gives life to the flesh, but envy makes the bones rot. The light of the eyes rejoices the heart, and good news refreshes the bones. Gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. A joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. A man's spirit will endure sickness, but a crushed spirit who can bear? He who is often reproved, yet stiffens his neck, will suddenly be broken beyond healing. Thank you, Tyrell, for reading today's Proverbs. Sometimes my friends send an email and sign off with the word shalom, a Hebrew greeting. When we wish someone shalom, we're expressing our desire for them to experience well-being, a state where their souls and their relationships are flourishing. Shalom is life as it should be. It's like living in the Garden of Eden. Unfortunately, we often feel like we're living under a heat dome. At the end of June, the Metro Vancouver region was covered by a heat dome for days. We experienced extreme temperatures, 42 degrees Celsius. Air pollution levels increased. If we could not find air-conditioned environments, we were irritated. Some really suffered. For many of us, the COVID pandemic has been like living under a heat dome. We've been immersed in 24-7 news reports from around the world regarding the impact of the virus. For a long season, the evening news was 60 to 70% COVID-related. We've worn masks, socially distanced, and waited for the dome to lift. For many, the environment has been toxic, threatening not only our physical health, but also our emotional and mental health. Sometimes, our minds are like heat domes. Anxious, worrisome, fear-filled thoughts swirl around our brains, and it seems like we cannot find relief. When we find ourselves under a, a toxic mental dome, is it possible to get out from under it? What is the way of wisdom towards spiritual, mental, and emotional health? Proverbs from around the world reveal our interest in physical health. When the heart is at ease, the body is healthy. That's a Chinese proverb. From the bitterness of disease, man learns the sweetness of health. A Catalan proverb. One who eats plain food is healthy. Japanese proverb. If you want to live long, be healthy and fat. Drink like a dog and eat like a cat. A German proverb. This last one is not very wise. The book of Proverbs in Scripture contains better wisdom. It will not tell you to follow naturopathic or allopathic medicine, to follow Chinese or Western medicine, but it will guide you toward a way of living that will nurture health. It will not give you uh, seven steps to robust health in every area of your life, but it will put you under a good dome. It will point you in the direction of life. In our first sermon in this series, Pastor Rob spoke from Proverbs 3, 7, and 8. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. 
It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. As he said, this is a word from a father to a son. It could be from a mother to a daughter. Those who are wise in their own eyes are know-it-alls who think they're clever enough to make life work without God. They suffer. They think they can create the Garden of Eden on their own. The opposite of being wise in your own eyes is to fear God and trust him with all your heart. Good health begins with a healthy understanding of who God is. To quote Pastor Rob, to fear the Lord is to be overwhelmed by him, to see him as colossal, the one with power over life and death, the one who gives breath and could remove it in a moment. To fear God is to know him as the creator of heaven and earth, the beginning and the end, and the one who will judge all our deeds. The fear of God, it it leaves us aware of our puniness, our smallness. This perspective appears multiple times in the book of Proverbs. If people fear God and turn away from evil, they will be healed and refreshed. In other words, they will find their way to spiritual, psychological, and physical flourishing. Fear of God will bring wholeness to your flesh, Proverbs 3, verse 8 says. The word flesh is actually navel, the very center of your being. And fear of God will bring refreshment or nourishment to your bones. In the context of healing, the book of Proverbs will often refer to our bones. They talk of making the bones fat. Our bones refers to our whole person, spiritual, mental, emotional, and physical. Spirit, soul, and body are intimately connected in the book of Proverbs. The fear of God will bring healing from our firm center through our bones to our whole being. That's the picture. Separating ourselves from God, on the other hand, will cause us to wither and dry up. One of the reasons for increasing levels of of anxiety in North America is because we no longer fear God. We're trying to write our own story without God. As we lean on our own understanding, our ways become increasingly crooked and confused. We often think our problem is outside of us. Well, it's our family, our neighborhood, our city, our nation, our world. If only the world around us changed, we would be well, or so we think. The scriptures do not deny the influence of our environment but they lead us to nurture health from the inside out. We were created to walk with God in the garden of life. If we are in right relationship with him, we will experience greater measures of physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual flourishing. In the scriptures, God is the healer of his people. This is first revealed in the book of Exodus and then echoed by the psalmists and the prophets and revealed most fully in Jesus. Because of our separation from God, we find ourselves outside the Garden of Eden, under a heat dome on the road to death. Wisdom encourages us to live in such a way that our health is nourished, it's nurtured. So begin your walk to healing by fearing God and listening, listening to his word. 
If we fear God, we will listen to his word. In Proverbs chapter 4, 20 to 23, we read, My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Here the father continues to speak to his son. He encourages him to walk on the path of light, which leads to life. The path of darkness, on the other hand, will lead to suffering and death. There's no room for compromise. His son must be completely devoted to the way of life, all in. How will the son do this? The son is to guard wisdom's presence in his heart. In the scriptures, the heart is much more than an organ pumping blood. It is the center of a person's life, out of which a person thinks, chooses, and feels. It represents a person's core convictions, what a person trusts in fundamentally, what a person loves, what a person lives for. So wise thoughts, wise words, wise choices, and wise actions flow from a wise heart. The father is not interested in his son just changing a few behaviors. He wants his son to have a heart full of life, wise at the very core. And the ears are keys to the heart. What we listen to is critical. Life flows from a heart that has received God's word. We all remember how being flooded with coronavirus news impacted us mentally and emotionally. It's fresh in our minds. We heard the same message day after day. It fostered anxiety, fear, languishing, and for some, even depression. So here's an important question. What are we listening to today? What are we consuming? I would challenge us to monitor for a week, at least for a day, what we're consuming. How much time are we listening to social media, music, the news, and the opinions of others? Psalm 1 says that the one who flourishes is the one who does not walk in the counsel of those who do not know God, but meditates on the counsel of God day and night. Psalm 1 verse 3, he is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. In all that he does, he flourishes. So what is forming us? We live in an age of emotion. We're encouraged to follow our feelings. But not everything we feel is grounded in wisdom. Not all of our thoughts, feelings, and decisions are good and healthy. Sometimes our thoughts and feelings are actually toxic, proceeding from a a foolish heart. We need to hear God's word and allow it to sink in, sink deep. Psalm 37, verse 3, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on faithfulness. Feed on the faithfulness of God. We need to allow God's word to feed us. Philippians 4, 6 and 7, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, the peace of God, the shalom of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. God's wisdom nurtures and sustains wholeness. It 
guards our hearts. If we feed on God's words, it will change us. So be careful with the words you hear and the words you speak. Words are critically important in the book of Proverbs. The wisdom writers would not agree with our English saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. (laughs) Words can really hurt. Later in this sermon series, Pastor Mark will preach a whole message on the power of words. For today, let's remember Proverbs 12, verse 18. There is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. The damage caused by a reckless tongue is compared to the lethal damage caused by a stabbing sword. Physically, the tongue actually resembles a sword. In English, we say things like, his word went right through me. Our words can really hurt, but they can also heal. Proverbs 16, verse 24. Gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. Honey, well, it's known for its sweetness and healing properties. Pleasing words are like liquid honey, sweet to the soul and a healing remedy for the body. The Hebrew word here for body is actually bones. Words spoken at the right time with the intent to encourage and strengthen another person, they go right to the bones. Those on the way of wisdom, they soothe the hurting with their words. Observe the power of good words in another proverb. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 25. Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. Anxiety in this proverb refers to our emotional response to some external threat to our well-being. We fear losing something vital to us. We're uncertain in relation to the future. Anxiety, well, it strikes at our very core, our hearts, and it destabilizes us. We can't think straight. Our emotions are all over the place. We make bad decisions. Anxiety weighs us down. The Proverbs speak of what saps our strength. Proverbs 13, verse 12. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. The word deferred there means delayed indefinitely. When we don't know when good news will come, this seemingly hopeless situation makes the heart sick. The natural flow of energy from our hearts to the rest of our bodies is obstructed by hope deferred. When our true longings are not fulfilled, we find ourselves frustrated, disappointed, even depressed. For example, if we believe we really need romance to truly live and it escapes us, we will despair. Hope deferred affects our spiritual, mental, and emotional well-being. By contrast, the fulfillment of deeply held longings is like eating from the tree of life. This is a very positive image of flourishing based on the Garden of Eden story in Genesis 2 and 3. We humans live looking for the tree of life in romance and work and music and recreation. We're always looking, longing for the tree of life. Why? Because the fruit of that tree revitalizes our energy and provides courage to live. Here's something interesting. The tree of life is found in Genesis and Revelation the beginning of the Bible, and the end. But nowhere else in all of Scripture except for Proverbs. Wisdom leads us to the tree of life. And in its leaves, 
According to Revelation, we find healing for the nations, for every person, the wise. Those who fear God and trust God flourish. They find healing. They're like Abraham as he waited for the fulfillment of God's promise. They are tried and tested, yes, but their faith grows stronger and stronger as they live in God's presence. When the first wave of COVID-19 hit, we were all in shock, doing whatever we could to adjust. The second wave was entirely predictable. Now, I found the third wave, the months of March through May, most difficult. During that season, I read an article in the New York Times entitled, There's a name for the blah you're feeling. It's called languishing. The article argues that in psychology, we think about mental health on a spectrum from depression to flourishing. Flourishing is the peak of well-being. We have a strong sense of, of meaning, mastery, and mattering to others. Depression is the valley of ill-being. We feel despondent, drained, and worthless. Languishing is the neglected middle child of mental health. It's the void between depression and flourishing. When we languish, we're not very motivated. We have a hard time focusing. It feels as if we're muddling through our days, looking at life through a, a foggy windshield. We have this sense of stagnation, hope deferred. If we languish for an extended period of time, we are more prone to depression. So what brings relief? Good words bring healing. Proverbs 15, verse 30. The light of the eyes rejoices the heart, and good news refreshes the bones. Good news refreshes the bones or makes the bones fat. The whole person is revived by good news. Like when Jacob was revived in his spirit when he learned that his son Joseph was still alive in Egypt. It renewed him. Do you notice the visible change in people's disposition and behavior with the news that the pandemic is coming to an end and government restrictions are being removed. Within days, people have become more relaxed, more at ease in conversation, ready to celebrate. Masks and barriers are literally coming down. The power of good news. A good word restores a person with renewed perspective, encouragement, and hope. So pay attention to what strengthens your inner life and what dries it up. A languishing heart can be restored by walking in the way of wisdom, walking in the fear of God, trusting Him fully, hearing His word, and exposing ourselves to good news. This is one of the reasons we need to walk with people who have the hope of God within them. So if you're not in a life group walking with people who can speak God's word to you and encourage you, join one. You can go to the Welcome Center here at Willingdon on a weekend or connect with Discipleship Ministries through our church website. Join a group. We can live in such a way that our bones get fat or we can live in such a way that our bones dry up. Proverbs 17, verse 22 a joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit tries up the bones. We can live in a way that enhances healing or live in such a way that our spirits are drained. 
Proverbs 18, verse 14, a man's spirit will endure sickness, but a crushed spirit who can bear? This ancient idea that a positive attitude will have a positive effect on our health is widely recognized today. Our spirit, our inner spiritual and emotional energy, if it's hopeful and good, can sustain us through sickness and adversity. But if our spirit is despondent, listless, even when there's nothing overtly wrong, then our life itself becomes difficult to bear. The writers of Proverbs really understood something about psychosomatic disease. Proverbs 14, verse 30. A tranquil heart gives life to the flesh, but envy makes the bones rot. (laughs) A calm, healthy heart gives life to the whole person. On the other hand, an envious, resentful, bitter heart makes the whole body rot. Emotional turmoil affects our whole person. It eats away at us. It's like bone cancer. The difference between flourishing and emotional turmoil depends more on our inner spiritual resources, according to Proverbs, than on our circumstances. Sometimes we become so used to our condition that it begins to define us. It is the way life is for us. We must be careful not to become accustomed to unhealthy living. Why is it so serious? Those who do not listen to God's word and the constructive criticism of wise brothers and sisters will find that the consequences of their stubbornness will catch up with them and they will have moved beyond the point of remedy. Proverbs 29 verse 1. He who is often reproved yet remains, yet stiffens his neck will suddenly be broken beyond healing. The wisdom writers urge us to not play games with life. Now, the good news is that we can choose the path to healing. What is it? Well, let's look at Jesus. God revealed himself as healer most fully in Jesus. In Matthew chapter 4, it says that Jesus healed the, the paralytics, the demon-possessed, uh, those having seizures. The word seizure refers to any kind of mental illness or irrational behavior. In other words, Jesus was healing all illnesses, spiritual, mental, emotional, and physical. In his interactions with people, Jesus often asked very interesting questions. In John chapter 5, we read about this man, uh, a man beside the pool of Bethesda. John 5, 5. One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, do you want to be healed? Fascinating question. If the lame man wants to be healed, he will no longer be the victimized, helpless one beside the pool. He will have to stand up, carry his own bed, take ownership of his problems. Later in the story, Jesus says to him, see, you're well, sin no more, that nothing worse may happen to you. Something in his life needed to be dealt with. He needed more than physical healing. He was a blame shifter. He needed to learn to walk in the way of wisdom. In November of 2009, I returned home from an international trip. I was not feeling well. As time passed, I lost weight and energy. By Christmas of that year, I was not looking very healthy at all. In the new year, I went to see a doctor. After some blood tests, x-rays, and ultrasounds, I discovered that I had kidney stones, 
three kinds of parasites and allergies. Healing would demand (laughs) radical changes in my diet and living pattern. My body was overworked and tired. The next day, after my appointment, I read John 5. Do you want to be healed? I lived with that question in my mind for days. Living the life that God had for me would demand walking in the way of wisdom. What would the path of healing look like for me? I needed to take care of my physical body. Diet, exercise, rest, slow down. I also needed to get back to my first affection, Jesus. I separated more time for prayer in my schedule, more time for meditation on his word. I really needed to hear from Jesus. I also disconnected from my smartphone a bit more and connected more with my wife and daughters. The word of the Lord to me was, you are Judy's only husband and you are your daughter's only father and don't miss your aging parents. At work, I had to create some boundaries. I was overburdening myself with many things. When we think that things depend on us, when we think that we have to hold it all together, that it all depends on us, we're walking in unbelief, not the way of wisdom. We're not walking in the fear of God. We're not trusting him. We are on the way to being broken. So do we want to be healed? Jesus knows our anxious thoughts, our fears, our brokenness, our decision-making patterns, our motivations, our illnesses. He knows how fragile we are. Do we want to be healed? Jesus offers us a way to healing, but we have to come to him for it. In Matthew 11, he speaks to those of us who are anxious, stressed, and languishing. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Jesus is waiting, ready to receive us. His yoke was to submit to his Father and trust him. He offers us the same yoke. Those of us who are tired because of COVID or because of work, relationships, or whatever, we who are overburdening ourselves with the worries of this life, we will find rest for our souls in Jesus. So receive the words of healing Jesus has for you. Literally, Jesus says, I will rest you. (laughs) Jesus will give us the peace, the shalom, the well-being, the inner strength we cannot give ourselves. He will gift us with rest for our thoughts, our questions, our doubts, rest for our emotional life, our anxieties, fears, and bitterness, rest for our will. He'll enable us to make wise decisions and good life choices. Why can he do it? Because he is the tree of life. He was crucified on the cross, the tree of death, yes. But in Matthew 8, quoting Isaiah 53, it says that he took our illnesses and bore our diseases. He died so that he might be for us the tree of life. He invites us to come to him. And if we have received his healing words, he'll invite us to be his messengers to carry his words of healing to others. In the time of the writing of Proverbs, 
messengers, they were professionally trained to very high standards. They could uh, write and speak in other languages. They fulfilled roles in international diplomacy and served as wartime messengers, intelligence agents, and postmen. In an age long before email and texting, they played a very critical role. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 17. A wicked messenger falls into trouble, but a faithful envoy brings healing. Conscientious, reliable messengers are vehicles of healing. They're courageous and bold. They speak in the very name of the one who has sent them. Think of how quickly the fire swept through the small town of Lytton. Residents, they had only minutes to flee. Those who fled were dependent on timely, accurate communication. Think of how important the warning messages were for them. We're called to be Jesus' messengers of healing in a world where many feel like their lives are in flames. Be an agent of God carrying words of healing. Be an agent carrying words of healing. Jesus sends us to speak words of healing to people who are broken, downcast, hurting. On one of the hottest days at the end of June, I decided to go for a run in the late evening. I was the only one out there. It was around 38 degrees Celsius. Near the end of my run, I noticed an elderly gentleman working as a landscaper. So I stopped to congratulate him for his vigor. That comment meant (laughs) to just encourage him turned into an hour-long conversation. I mostly listened. He talked about climate change, the horrors of world history, the sins of the church, and his fascination with mysticism. I listened for a long time, a full hour, a lot of bad news. His soul was in flames. If we're going to be messengers of good news, we will often have to listen, and sometimes for a long time. Eventually, my conversation with him, with the landscaper, turned to the inexplicable design of all of creation, the meaningless of life if a personal God does not exist, and the way that Jesus gives meaning to everything from beginning to end. We must consider Jesus. An agent of God who carries healing walks in the way of wisdom, fears God, trusts him, listens to his word, receives the words of Jesus with humility, walks with people of faith and hope, and shares those words of healing with others in love. May we be agents of healing. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you have revealed yourself to us as our healer. And once again, Father, we thank you for sending Jesus out of love. Jesus, we thank you for coming, for taking our illnesses, our diseases, our sin upon yourself so that we might be healed, that we might be saved, restored, restored to relationship with your Father, Jesus. Thank you, Father, that you receive us through Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you are with us each day of our lives. You are our healer. You are present to bring healing to all areas of our lives. And so we submit ourselves to you. We hear your words to us and we say, Jesus, lead us forward. You showed the way to life. 
You trusted your Father. May we trust our Father in heaven as you trusted him, Jesus. May we walk in the fullness of your Spirit as you walked empowered by the Holy Spirit. And may we carry your words of healing to those around us. May we be your messengers, walking with humility and confidence in you, knowing that you are the way, the truth, and the life. You are the tree of life. So we thank you for what you've revealed to us. We ask you for your continued work in our lives, your work of healing, and may we share of your goodness with all that we meet. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. I'll leave you with some questions for your reflection.